last episode, I mentioned that a man by the name of Kutrugli provided the earliest written description of double-entry bookkeeping in 1458. However, the first practical examples of double-entry bookkeeping date back to the 11th century and were developed by Jewish bankers living in Cairo. All that to say, sometimes it takes time for a good idea to build up momentum and gain widespread adoption. Sound familiar? Looking at today's landscape for tech and banking, you see lots of different ideas with varying levels of support. Only time will tell for certain which ones will truly transform our industry. That is, unless you're talking about data management, and we are doing just that with Casasa's Chief Innovation Officer, John Wapsch. I'm your host, Zach Garber, and you're listening to Thinking Outside the Vault. Welcome to part two of our conversation about how data is changing the near future of banking. Um, would you say that, like, I guess as I'm listening, I'm starting to think that maybe the transition that institutions need to make is one from believing that what they house are dollars as opposed to what they house actually is financial data and history. And that's actually their their product and what they should be looking to, um, I guess, build future products around or learn how to really get the maximum return on. Is that too far of a stretch? Is that kind of off point or is that... Kind of where you think things are going. Um, not to be, you know, I I believe that um, that that question of who are we and who do we want to be when we grow up is something that each institution needs to answer for themselves. Um, and um, you know, it's 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 often whenever I've heard the answers from different institutions. It's super broad. We're here to help every consumer reach their financial dreams. Wow. Holy. So somehow you've got, you've got a marketing budget to uh, understand what every consumer needs and to understand how to reach every consumer and talk to every consumer. And you've got some, uh, you know, uh, uh, capability to build or, um, or even partner to solve all of those problems. And then you've got, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, those dreams that, that the thought that you're here for everybody to do everything um, is, uh, is, is definitely uh, arcane. Mm-hmm. Um, something that, that if your institution is still espousing that and you're not a trillion dollar institution, um, you probably need to think, take a really good look in the mirror and sit and, and, and do some research about, you know, who it is that you want to serve. Um, uh, and, and that's a, that's a really hard discussion. I mean, I, I, I have these discussions all the time with, um, with bank boards and credit union boards, um, you know, just at, at offsite meetings and stuff that they'll do for their, um, you know, for their planning for the next year. And, and man, is it a hard discussion to have because there's, there's necessarily someone or everyone on the board, who, you know, who's very committed to, Hey, as long as they live, work or worship in this town or whatever, you know, we're, we're here to, um, to help them. And, and I think that that's a noble idea. I think it's a good thing to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm saying there's a difference between 
helping everyone and targeting everyone. Mm. You know, I, I, you can help anybody you want, but are you targeting everyone? Mm-hmm. And and a mission statement that says, well, we're here to help everybody achieve their financial goals is targeting everyone. And that's uh, necessarily uh, obtuse, uh, extraordinarily um, challenging in today's competitive environment. And, and just not real. It's, it's nothing that, that can be, um, that can be achieved by a community institution. And so, and so, you know, um, I, I think you're going to see different institutions make really, hopefully, um, you know, really look in inwards and look at their, um, uh, capability set, their expertise and consider, um, uh, sharpening that um yeah their 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 mission perhaps quite a bit more and um and and that focus that that ability of you know to determine hey these are the products and services we're just not going to talk about anymore these are the ways we're going to choose to serve people um uh, over the next few years these are the uh um, this is the target audience we're going to go after, whatever, all that, that, you know, all those choices are, um, are going to be influenced by the answer to that, to that, that the institution has regarding, you know, who are they and what are they there for? Uh, and, and I, I guess in my, in my opinion, if community banking is to be around, in five years time, um, it will start by, uh, or rather it will be because executives at these institutions made some really hard decisions and about where they want to be and how they want to serve a client base. And, and that's, uh, um, yeah, Again, it's a, it's a hard discussion to have, and it's it's not one that I want to answer for anybody. Like I think different institutions have different have you know have different answers to this stuff, and um, and that's awesome. Um, you know, there are tons of different communities out there. They're just not all necessarily physical. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and that's that's another example of a question that um, you know that that the most. Uh, in my opinion, the most progressive community institutions today have already answered for themselves and have already started to build that shift. So let's say, I mean, I assume no one argues with you, but pretend someone does have a different opinion um, and they say data isn't the future. Like, yes, it's important, but it's way overblown. This is the future. What, what are they advocating for? What are they saying institutions should really be focusing on? I don't, I don't know. I, I, you know, here's the deal. Everyone loves to argue, right? And everyone has an opinion. I, maybe I just haven't been listening. Um, <laughs> so so I, I think, I think the challenge is, is, is not necessarily an argument that, Hey, you know, we should be doing something else. It's an understanding that, um, or, um, or it's an excuse that, we have other priorities. We have other things that we need to be doing. You know, we have a core conversion next year. We have a, um, you know, we have a, 
uh, CEOs retiring in two years. Uh, so the CEO doesn't want to rock the boat until the next new guy comes on board. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, uh, uh, we have a, a really deep, deeply ingrained grassroots program, uh, in the local community that we've been heavily invested in. And, uh, and that's the way we get our business. Um, we only serve small businesses and there's no good fintech platform for small business. So it's all done with a handshake. And so we know our customers really well. Heard that one a million times, mm-hmm. um, which by the way is all false in every sense of that word. But, uh, um, but, but the, but the, there are the, these kind of, uh, excuses that, that I've heard. Um, I, I, I think. I think the um, you know the, the reality is that is that uh, is what we're talking about is a seismic shift and 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 uh, and requiring um, uh, choices and oftentimes leadership uh, to actually lead people at an institution to go where you want to go and there's often. You know, I, this is in a world which is necessarily risk averse. Mm-hmm. And any time we introduce change, whether it's understanding data or building a business intelligence tool or, uh, you know, the change towards digital acquisition or whatever, anytime you introduce change or even just subbing out a, a CMO, you're introducing risk. As crazy as it sounds, you know, we're at a spot where the riskiest thing you can do is what you've always done. But in banking, the way we've always done it has always been the least risky. Mm-hmm. I just We're just going to keep doing what we've always done because it's work. Today, though, and I'd argue for the last couple of years, we've been in this, uh, you know, really insane sort of juncture where doing the same thing that we've always done is actually more risky. And this, you know... This is this is kind of feeds right into the the um, the overarching point that um, that uh, um, that that I, I I love to try to just try to get across and and you know I am uh, I'm clearly not a banker I make things sound easier than they are sometimes whenever I say well all you've got to do is make these hard decisions um, you know. I don't take it lightly. I understand that uh, that these decisions are next to impossible. That you know that making these these decisions in an environment that is often built around risk aversion um, has to be extraordinarily uncomfortable, at the least. And um, uh, and you know these discussions are hard to have because they're often involved with you know discussions about change management. Um, you know, who, do we have the right people on the bus? Can we train these people in this way? Are they, are they the types of people, types of personalities that are willing to be trained? Uh, what new types of people do we need to bring in? Uh, yeah, these are not easy discussions to have. And they're, and they're also not things that can be solved with a uh, one hour meeting. Um, and so, you know, it's, yeah. you know, this, this is a, uh, this is this is real um, strategic sort of planning and execution here, and it's um, and it's but it's fundamental to the future of your institution. I'm curious. Uh, 
something that strikes me here is that there may also be a bit of an education gap. Like how do I even, if I've got a, as a bank executive or a credit union executive, if I've got to start embracing this idea of data and where, where do I go to educate myself? Because that's, you know, that strikes me in some of the recent, um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg appears in front of Congress and they start asking questions about how Facebook makes its money. And it's like, wait, you don't, you know, there's just this yeah. huge education yeah. gap, right? Where, where would you send an executive who is trying to learn about data and an you know, and then they could share that with their board or whatever to be able to make oh, informed man, decisions. so many great resources. The, 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 the thing that I love the most is how many resources there are that are out there. Um, I would, I would actually just strongly, uh, strongly go to the, um, uh, to broad sources as opposed to hiring a consultant to help you solve the problem initially. So what I do initially to kind of gain a base case is uh, um, I love things like uh, uh, financial brand. Uh, financial brand has um, uh, a ton of resources and studies. But on the heels of that, the thing that I subscribe to, you know, and I've, I've been a subscriber now since I started in this industry 14 years ago or so, is Digital Banking Report. Digital Banking Report is by far dollar for dollar. You won't get a better value out of that report. Um, I want to say it's a couple thousand dollars maybe for the year. Um, but the reports are incredible. I think they come out monthly or so. I just strongly, strongly suggest you subscribe to Digital Banking Report. There's, um, there's an inordinate amount of, of studies and of reports that are out there. If you just Google, go to the internet and, you know, Google things like open banking or, um, you know, data and banking. And, you know, there's podcasts galore, of course, you know, um, we have podcasts, which is wonderful. There's also um, um, podcasts such as, uh, you know, Brett King has has uh, has his, which is Breaking Banks. Um, there's Around the Coin. There's just a number of different podcasts that are out there that you can throw in and and listen to while you're driving. But you know that the the opportunity for learning about this stuff, um, you know, it's super like. It's mainly free, uh, the information. It, you know, paying a little bit more is, is not a bad idea for some of these reports. Um, sometimes you got to give them your data, give them your information. But that's not necessarily too much to give up for, uh, for getting a, a strong understanding of, of this landscape. So, you know, it, there's, there's, there's so much that's out there. And, and clearly, you know, you want to read it with a critical eye. And then start, you know, getting in discussions with your team and and perhaps your uh, uh, third parties who you work with today. But uh, but goodness, I mean, you know, even as I look, I just dialed up digitalbankingreport.com, and I remember some of the reports that are here on their homepage. Like when you subscribe to Digital Banking Report, you can also access their previous reports. And they have a great one in 2018 about the power of personalization in banking. That's that's that was all about the data discussion we just talked about. And, you know, there's, they've got a hundred page report on it. So, you know, just a, a phenomenal, um, uh, resource there, but there's, there's plenty of them. Just, you know, go to Google and, and start being curious.
Great. Thank you. <laughs> That's really helpful. For sure. Well, John, uh, this has been a fantastic discussion. I'm really excited. I think we, uh, we've got a ton of content here that is going to be useful to our listeners. And I'm so happy that you were able to take a little extra time and expound on, you know, what FIs need to be looking at in terms of, you know, technology in the next couple of years, what's going to transform your business. Um, final piece this has just been awesome. That. There's oh, please. Absolutely. absolutely. Well, it, as much as you want to say, <laughs> uh, I'd be remiss. I, I just, I, it boggles my mind that, um, that I need to like say this, but there are many institutions, community institutions out there who still do not have a competitive, uh, digital, deposit account opening and a lending account opening system, um, which enables a consumer to open up account or open up a loan without having to go into a branch or without having to fax something. That should be at a minimum your requirement. Is there e-sign available? Can I give a rate? Is everybody excited about e-sign? Uh, I get that there's still challenges sometimes on the mortgage side. But just that at the lowest level requirement, checking accounts, savings accounts, uh, personal loans, auto loans, those types of things should be facilitated. Uh, the ability should be there for, for a consumer to do it all one-stop shopping without having to go talk to their grandpa about what a fax machine is or, um, or figuring out where your branch is and having to deal with your branch hours and standing in line and signing some document. Um, you know, no discussion on technology um, in our space should be complete with just a very simple um, word to please invest in those channels. Uh, they will pay big dividends. Um, the other one is obviously um, uh, your website. I mean, I, I, so many institutions today are still somehow can, well, it, it makes sense. They're convinced that, you know, making your website, um, it, it's that, 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 that like you renew your website or you refresh your website every five years, whenever the contract rolls around and five years is an eternity, just an absolute eternity. And so in my opinion, um, what I've seen, and it's not my opinion, I guess what I've seen from, I wouldn't even call them progressive institutions. I say institutions that are kicking butt online, like, you know, getting the loan volume that they wanted, getting the deposit volume that they wanted. They have a budget to uh, refresh their website. That's an annual budget. And it's not just for, um, for refreshing their website. It's also for spending money on things like, for instance, uh, um, adding new capabilities in, you know, or features uh, into their uh, digital account opening platform. It's, it's for spending and, and, you know, thinking about uh, uh, user testing and all sorts of things like that, that are just so par paramount to today's industry. Um, and uh, today's world of banking with, um, you know, banking through technology, banking with uh, banking digitally, that unfortunately just um, are, are afterthoughts or are 
just kind of set at the, um, um, at the, at the, you know, with the finance team that, Hey, this budget doesn't roll around for another four years. We don't need to um, consider it this year. Man, oh man, we're missing out on business. We're missing out on um, so much opportunity that for consumers who are not even going to bank with you, like it's this silent sort of killer that, um, that is this weird, um, um, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, I can't tell you the number of CFOs that I'll talk to and they'll say, you know, we, um, we just don't get any business through the online channel. And uh, I'll say, really, what, what, uh, you know, what type of digital marketing are you doing? Oh, we're not doing any. Well, we're, <laughs> let's, let's go look at your, yeah, let's go look at your, uh, your application on your site. And it's like a PDF that somebody has to download and print out. Like, where am I going to get a good printer from? Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's this, it's this, you know, arcane sort of 1990s level, uh, 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 you know, banking technology that, that still exists in, with so many community institutions. And, um, and the only way to get there is to pony up the coin. The only way to get there is to spend the money. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it, it takes a commitment from the C-level organization. It takes a commitment from marketing and from technology. Um, but, but the, the, the return is there. It's just a matter of, um, of just doing it, man. And well, the return's better if you do treat your website like a living organism, right? Because you're constantly testing and changing to squeeze every last bit of ROI out of your website. It's when you leave it stagnant yeah. that you lose that money. So it, by keeping it a living organism and evolving is the only way you actually see that return. Yeah. Awesome. Man, uh, I, I, we got... Even more good stuff. I'm super excited about putting this podcast out. So, John, thanks again. Uh, this was a really, really great conversation. A lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Anytime. So, how about you? What aspects of your strategy would change if you switched from just protecting dollars to managing consumers' financial data as well? That simple shift in perspective could unlock some big horizons. And perhaps in another 500 years, our industry will look back and see the digital age in a similar light to the original killer app, otherwise known as double-entry bookkeeping, which, if you think about it, was just a different method for storing data. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Vault, a podcast produced and distributed by Kasasa. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, please consider subscribing to our podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher, and leaving a review. It helps other listeners to discover us. You can also send your comments and feedback to social at casasa.com.